0: all right
1: all right so how are things uh you're you're in cairo right yeah, yeah how are things there with the the pandemic and everything
0: uh they're they're okay they i mean uh, there's a curfew um people aren't really following it, unfortunately like they're supposed to but uh they're trying to tame the situation we don't have as many cases as like the u.s and europe and stuff but uh they're trying to tame it people are just not really listening but um they have a curfew intact and uh, i think next month or something they're going to start to open up more things or try to at least
1: yeah i'm in uh, i'm in canada on the east coast of canada and same sort of thing like they just opened up like golf courses and stuff like that but it's very uh like the the mayor i guess uh said like we're going to open stuff up, but don't be stupid, which obviously means people are going to be stupid. Uh, but yeah, it's it's weird. It's such a weird time. Um, and how do you feel about the UFC doing what they're doing? Like, obviously, as a UFC fan, I love it. But, you know, a lot of the media have been giving Dana backlash. A lot of them are supportive. Where, where do you stand on that?
0: You know, what, in the beginning, I was a bit like, maybe they shouldn't do it and stuff like that. But then I realized it's like with this thing, it's kind of hard to know when things can get back to normal. There isn't like one thing that's going to happen where everything's suddenly going to be OK and people need to get back to their lives and get back to their jobs. So um I understand that like Dana kind of wants to be ahead of the curve and then be the first one to do so. Is he stubborn like that. But I just feel like if you look at the other sports, like they're eventually, like I think it was Bundesliga, like they, they started and then others are trying to follow suit. So uh, eventually everybody's going to try to start up again because uh, I don't see things being completely fine and okay anytime soon. So we kind of have to get on with our lives because a lot of people are losing jobs and, and stuff like that and businesses need to continue operating. So. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, uh, you know, as long as they try to do it safely, the issue with these things, unless, like, God forbid, something really bad happens, people are mm-hmm. just going to continue trying. I mean, that's how it is. that People don't want to sit around.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, you mentioned Bundesliga. I think we're both big soccer fans. You obviously support Real Madrid. I'm a Barca fan personally, so a little bit of a clash. But uh, hopefully that gets up running soon because, you know, uh, the La-, La Liga is a, it's a tight race there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, we would just want, like, the whole, there will be no crowd anytime soon, but at least, like, we get to, I hope we get to watch the games at home, at least.
1: Yeah, the, the no crowds in the UFC is very, like, you don't notice it when the fight's taking place, other than, like, you hear the shots and stuff, but I find, like, in between rounds, it's super weird, uh, like, not hearing anything. It's it's odd. And you even heard Greg Hardy say, like, oh, it's nice hearing Daniel Cormier, because he gave me some tips. Like I can't, I can't imagine like that's that's something that fighters are used to.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it's definitely different. I guess people who are on the Contender Series or Ultimate Fighter, they, it's a little louder because they've got their teams, uh, whatever team they're on, or their family or whatever. So maybe a little louder. But um, I think in the fight they don't feel. Maybe in um, in between rounds and stuff, like it's cool in a spectator standpoint because. You kind of get to hear them when they're like breathing heavy, and then I was thinking like, "Oh, this guy's gas," but I'm like, maybe he's always breathing heavy like that, just so <laughs> we can't hear it. So uh, it's just different. It's interesting to watch it like that, but I think it works. I mean, I don't like as a spectator, I don't see too much of a difference. It's not bothering uh, me personally, so uh, yeah, I think it works completely fine.
1: I'd like to talk a little bit, I guess, about your journey because it's very like unorthodox almost. It's it's very different than most people, obviously. Um, you're on the other side of the world, so you've got to stay up till crack of dawn watching fights. Um, I've always been a fan of yours. I've followed UFC news alerts for, for a couple of years now. Uh, I find it's accurate and quick. Um, I like guys like Nolan as well, uh, Marcel Dorf. There's a few people I follow who aren't as big, um, I guess, but uh, kind of talk a little bit about your journey. Obviously, being in Cairo, um, and your background, I think you're, you're Moroccan and Palestinian, am I correct? Yeah. And how, how you got into MMA. Obviously, it's not as big over there, um, especially a couple of years ago. It wasn't big at all. And how did you fall in love with it? And, and kind of talk a little bit about your journey, I guess.
0: Oh, my yeah. brother got me into MMA. Uh, like, I grew up with my brother and my cousin. It was all guys. So they were, like, either watching pro wrestling or eventually it became MMA. So whatever they would watch, I would as well because we'd spend summers together in Morocco and stuff. So I kind of got into MMA through, through my brother and my cousins. So uh, my brother would show me old, old fights and stuff. So I've been, I've been watching MMA maybe since like 2009, but I wasn't like following it religiously or anything. Like I wasn't staying up every weekend. But he'd show me like fights of George St. Pierre, Anderson Silva, Matt Hughes, Leota Machida, uh, all those guys. And, um, and some of WEC as well with, with Cruz and Faber and, and those guys. So uh, I, I started watching it in the beginning just like that. And then eventually I think it was Sun and Silva won. Because, uh, like, the, the, the build-up to the fight was so much fun. And I remember my cousin kept, like, sending me so many, like, uh, highlights and stuff. I, like, you got to watch a press conference. You got to watch this. So he got me into it. And it kind of, it's similar to the whole pro wrestling thing. Because I used to watch pro wrestling as a kid. So uh, I could definitely appreciate that part of the game. And uh, it was fun. Like, the build-up was fun. And I was already familiar with who Anderson Silva was. Not so much chill. And then like watching the build-up and stuff like that, so we gathered together and we watched the fight live. So that was like the first time I watched like, a complete build-up to a fight with the Waynes, everything. And then the way the fight fanned out and stuff was pretty incredible, like the, the massive comeback by Silva and stuff. And I think since then I've been intrigued by the other aspects of, of the, the sport other than the fight itself, like everything that goes in it. Uh, but as far as, like, uh, covering the sport, like, I've always wanted to, to like, be a, a journalist. Like, I played pretty much every sport as a kid growing up. So uh, sports have been a big part of my life. But uh, with MMA, um, I kind of wanted to cover basketball. I'm not going to lie. Like, that was the aim. Basketball is my sport. I play basketball. I still play basketball today until um, today for fun. Uh, but uh, that was the aim. And then for some reason in the last second, I just made a last-second switch. I'm like... There are a lot of people who cover basketball. Um, I feel like MMA is it's just a sport. like people't like the fighters don't get the the appreciation that they deserve, the recognition they deserve. and I felt like I could contribute in some shape or form because that was always my goal. like I wanted to like grow big enough where I'm actually contributing uh, in terms of uh, coverage and stuff like that, and I just felt like the fighters weren't getting. Um, the coverage that they deserve. So and I made a last-second switch from from basketball, although it's my sport. Like, most people that know me back home will know me as, the, like, the basketball player. They might not even know that uh, I cover MMA. But uh, I made a last-second switch and started covering MMA.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I've been diehard MMA. I, soccer is my my first first sport. Um, but MMA, I kind of fell in love with it the same way. Rampage, Rashad. Uh, when Rampage broke down that door on The Ultimate Fighter, I was like, okay, this is... I feel him like I was like ah, that's me like I want to do that same thing I'm I'm angry all the time uh, so I could relate to Rampage and that's kind of how I how I got, how I got into it It's gonna be weird being in Egypt though like I feel like being on the other side of the world obviously uh, in the Middle East MMA isn't as large I guess as it is here obviously Brave for example has started to to make a presence I guess but a couple years ago I think when you got started uh, it didn't it wasn't as big um, what were the difficulties you had um, just kind of making a name for yourself out there in the MMA world?
0: It was definitely tough because, like I said, like a lot of people until today, like especially back home and stuff, won't really know me as, as like an MMA journalist. They don't really understand what I do. Uh, so I've kind of been like in my, on my own journey, like a little bit alone and in, in, as I like rose up the ranks, as you wanna, if you want to say it like that. Um, so it's been tough in that regard for sure. There is no local scene to cover. Uh, So that was hard as well because a lot of people start out like that. And I knew that couldn't be my way. Uh, So I I went straight. Like, most people cover, like, the regional shows and and try to be unique in that regard and then grow from there. I took an opposite approach because I'm like, I can't do that. Like, I'm not going to get anywhere like that. Uh, So I started, like, covering the UFC, which is why I started uh, that UFC page on Instagram because um, as a football fan or soccer, um, like, I... I used to watch it as a kid and I used to play as a kid, but then I stopped for years when I became a basketball fan and then I wanted to catch up. And I knew I had so much to catch up on with football. So a friend of mine showed me an Instagram page that uh, it was like a football page that had all the updates. So it'll tell you like Real's playing this team at uh, whatever o'clock, Ronaldo scored this many goals. And it had all the information there. And I'm like, I like this concept uh, of going to one place and finding all the information. So I'm like, why don't I do that for MMA? Uh, there were a few out there. But I'm like, I look at them and I'm like, they're great pages. But a lot of them were just like fun highlights and, and jokes and memes and stuff. I'm like, no, I can actually do something um, like super uh, kind of like informative and stuff. I'm like, I know it's going to take a lot of time. Uh, I never knew how much time it was going to take up. Like it kind of, uh, it was super hectic until today. It still is super hectic to try to run that page. But I'm like, why don't I have like make a page where it's a source where everybody can get all the information they need. And I wanted to focus on the UFC because I'm like, if I make a UFC and Bellator and all of this, it's not going to be as good because it's just going to be way too tough. And I'm going to end up posting like 35 times a day and people are just going (laughs) to hit the unfollow button or get super annoyed. So I I started the opposite way. I went like cover the UFC, try to make a name for myself. And when I do, then I can start benefiting the fighters in the Middle East because I grew a platform that's big enough where I'm beneficial to them uh, instead of vice versa because I knew it wasn't going to work that way
1: yeah, I find especially like right now, I, I I started this three weeks ago. I'm gonna count nine to five. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna ask on Twitter. I've had this Twitter page for a little while where I like match make after after the fights. just hobby. no reason. I'm not trying to make it big or anything. Um, and I was like, if I start a podcast and just interview random people, who would be on? Like who's interested? And within five minutes, Mike Rodriguez, Eric Anders, like, all these guys were like, yeah, I'd come on. And I didn't even know they followed me. And I was like, wow, all right, great. Um, and I find they're a lot more approachable than... Like, you have a much better chance of reaching an Eric Anders than you would someone on the Lakers. And, you know, I, I find it's... They're, they're super welcoming. They're open to talk to whoever. Um, and it's almost caught me off guard. Like, within four interviews, I was speaking to a world champion boxer. I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, but they're all open to talk it's it's really really nice to see um as a fan i guess to have to have people just opening opening up and being willing to talk as for the middle east i've i've interviewed motaz Askar. But is there is there any other fighters? Belal Muhammad, I think, is the biggest name in the UFC. Is there any other fighters? I'm not familiar with the local scene. I think a lot of people who follow me aren't familiar with the local scene in the Middle East. Is there any names out there where you're like, you got to watch this guy or or this girl? They're gonna make it big.
0: Yeah, I mean, there there are some really solid fighters, uh, like Braves, welterweight champion Jarrah Silawi, who's uh, Jordanian. He's a really good fighter. He fought. He started out at Cage Warriors, actually. Even shared a card with Conor McGregor back in the day. Uh, he's a really talented guy. That was on a seven, I think, seven fight win streak. Uh, won the title, then lost his title in a controversial close decision. Then got his title back in a very definitive win in the rematch. And he's he's fought some really high level guys as well. So he was one of the guys that I was hoping was going to be on that U- UFC Abu Dhabi card in September. But unfortunately, that was right before he lost his title. So I knew that. I I don't know if that he was on their radar because. Kind of one of the things that bothered me with that Abu Dhabi card, I felt like it was more of a UFC Russia or a UFC Dagestan card. And I I wish they had invested a little bit more in the Middle Eastern town because I feel like there are a lot of solid fighters. Uh, because in in it, Team Noguera in, in Dubai has got a couple of fighters. Uh, Monir Lazez is another one. He's a great fighter. He's a great striker, super entertaining. Uh, I think his first fight with Brave was one of the best fights I'd seen all year of any, any promotion. So he's a super exciting, talented fighter as well. Uh, trains multiple times with Darren Till, When Darren Till comes into in, town in Dubai. He they're under the same management of NTK, so uh, Till spars him quite a bit. So he's he's a great fighter as well. That's another guy. Uh, he's from Tunis, Tunisia. So Monil Lazaz, Rashid Ali, Abd El Karim Soloudeh. Uh, he's lost his last cup and roll. He trains out of 47 MMA, but he's also a really talented guy, young guy. I believe he should drop down to Featherweight, but he still got. Uh, he won the 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 lightweight title for Brave, uh, but lost it. Uh, but he's a really talented fighter. He's on a two-fight losing skid, but he's still got a lot of potential. I, I hope to see, like, a lot of Fortis guys ended up on Contender Series and then the UFC, and look, they're doing great things. So I, I believe that that could be his path as well. Uh, so, yeah, there are um, there are a lot of talented guys uh, in the Middle East. They just need that platform, I guess, that, that opportunity. And that's what I hoped UFC Abu Dhabi would be for them. And I was a little disappointed in that regard that it wasn't. Uh, but maybe, well, maybe not this year, but next year.
1: What What do you think it will take before you see, like, an influx of talent from the Middle East? There's only a handful, like the, the Zaitar brothers who are great, uh, and Bilal, I think, are the only three I can really think of on the top of my head. Um, what do you think it'll take before, like, they start bringing them in and make a big name for themselves, like the Russians, uh, like Russia right now, like half the roster seems to be Russian. Um, what do you think it'll take before... You know, we see maybe even um, a, a world champion, even in the UFC from the Middle East. Do you think that's realistic within like a five year period or do you think it's much, much longer down the road?
0: Um, I think they just need to invest in the market. I think that's what it is. I mean, them signing the five year deal with Abu Dhabi is great. I, I remember asking Dana at the press conference, he said they would consider doing a contender series there. Uh, so that would be huge for the region as well, so I think they just need to invest in it because the talent is there, but sometimes there might be guys that i don 't even know about uh, that could end up being world champions one day. you know what I mean but you just they just need that platform and then Brave do a good job you know they're they're uh, an international organization, and they put on good shows i 've covered numerous uh, shows of theirs so uh, they they kind of they just need the platform and I think if uh if the u c did what I wish they would have done uh in september maybe next time since it's a five-year deal by giving those guys a chance especially that you get guys who get injured and pull out and they need re- late replacements and those are the guys that should be called up since they're based there i mean i thought uh when don madge lost his opponent they did get ferris Ziem, who's uh, algerian french actually so he he's based in france but i thought they could have called up uh, this uh, moroccan fighter anasaraj munir based in dubai trains Team Noguera, he's an entertaining fighter as well. I felt like he should have gone the call. I mean, why not uh, if this is a local card? Think about it if it was like UFC Korea, UFC South Korea or UFC whatever. Um, you would think that they'd call up those guys, right? And, and we've seen that. We've seen fighters, uh, whether it's in the North Korea cards or Auckland cards or whatever, like get high billing in, in the main card and stuff like that. So that's what these shows are for. So I just feel like they need to invest in, in the market a little bit more, whether to a contender series or... Uh PFL have a partnership with UAE Warriors, which is another organization. And they were going to do, like, a featherweight tournament to, to get a guy. So, yeah, stuff like that.
1: Um, has there any, ever been, like, I've seen you interview guys like Frankie Edgar. And every time I see them, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'd die to interview Frankie. Is there anybody that, that's, that you've interviewed who you've kind of been, like, taken away by? Like, oh, my God, I'm interviewing Frankie Edgar. Or is there anybody that's, like, kind of taken you away? Yeah. Uh...
0: I mean, it was back in the day, maybe it was a little more exciting uh, just because uh, when I'm running around, like now working for MMA Junkie, it's nice. And, and, and I know that saying that I work for MMA Junkie helps me land a lot of these interviews. Back in the day when I just had my name, maybe it felt a little more satisfying or more fulfilling because I'm like, I'm, I'm just trying to hustle and get stuff done. Uh, so yeah, I remember back in the day I interviewed, um, I think, Kevin Lee. Uh, I was in Morocco. Uh, there was a Brave show that I didn't even know about. I just found out the announcement and I happened to be there. So I took the train to, to to Tangier and there was a show and Kevin Lee was cornering his brother. So that was cool. Like it was random and it was spontaneous and it felt really cool. Frankie Edgar was super cool as well. Uh, back in the day, that was a few years ago, I believe. Uh, John Kavanaugh as well, those guys. But yeah, I spoke to Israel Adesanya recently. That was cool. I mean, the the, the fighters that um, will give you a good interview as well. It's it's super cool to talk to them as well because, uh, they'll kind of give you as a journalist everything you want, because then you could just imagine the headlines that you're gonna write after and stuff like that, so uh, yeah, Colby is another fun one as well he always has something to say so so yeah I've been fortunate uh, enough with the, with those guys to get those interviews um
1: where where in Morocco were you from like i've been I've been to tanger I, like I'm from Spain, so I just ferried across where Where exactly in Morocco are you from?
0: Uh, Casablanca
1: oh, okay, so that's not too too far from Tanger.
0: A little bit. I mean, it's more, um, maybe like, uh, well, the fast train that they're building now, maybe like two, three hours. So yeah, with the fast train, not before.
1: Okay. So we'll kind of like wrap it up, I guess, talking about the the three cards that that have happened. It seemed like we went like a year without fights. And then in a week, we just got bombarded with 30 fights. Um, Has there been any fighter that stood out to you more than, obviously, Gaethje had an amazing performance, you to fight Khabib. Uh, but is there any fighter that really stood out to you uh, in these past three cards? Oh,
0: this is going to be a tough one. I'm going to put my thinking hat on. But if I, if I go card by card, I mean, 249. Um, Calvin Kader, I was very impressed with. Uh, I, I believe he could win that fight for sure, but to finish Jeremy Stevens like that, I mean, Stevens uh, doesn't get finished too easily. you uh, see he's, he's a tough fight. He's had some losses on his record, but a lot of them have been by decision. So, that finish by Cater, I think, was great. And it kind of really, uh, like, propelled him as, as a top contender, even though he had that recent loss to Zabit. So I was really impressed with Calvin Cater. Uh, looking at the card, what was the one after? That was... Uh, Smith. Oh, they're all called Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. Smith and Goldberg. Yeah, I mean... It, Uh, that was very impressive by Glover but I think the story of that uh, fight was more the the stoppage and stuff I was surprised that Glover at 40 years old to be able to put up a performance like that he's on a 4-5 win streak I believe so for sure for him to get that second life in terms of contention the light heavyweight division is very impressive I feel like I'm missing somebody though I'm trying to think there were a lot of close decisions yesterday
1: Um, very very controversial decisions too
0: yeah. yeah, very contrary. But I think, oh, Drew Dober is another one. Drew Dober, yeah. is, uh, I was very impressed with him uh, to get the finish like that uh, against Alexander Hernandez. So that's another guy that I felt like emerged um, like into a player in, in the lightweight division. I'm probably missing a couple more. So many people had great performances, but those come to mind.
1: And uh, I guess kind of like lastly, um, the little platform I do have of like 400 followers, it's all come from from making fights. So we'll kind of like match up, I guess. the There's a couple fighters to me that I can't really pinpoint who I should match them up with, one of them being Glover Teixeira. He's 40 years old. Uh, the light heavyweight division seems to be at a standstill. Who should John fight next? Who do you think he should fight next? I personally think Jan. I'm, I'm not a fan of, of rematches right away. Um, do you think that's the fight, or do you think Dominic's the fight?
0: For Glover, maybe diaz de santos
1: for, um, okay. Yeah, I was thinking John John Jones for
0: Glover. I, yeah, yeah. Oh, you were asking who should John yeah. Jones fight
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Glover. My bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. Because uh, you're talking about Glover. Uh, John Jones. Um. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I think he yeah. like although they were close fights with Santos and, and Reyes. Um. I I like what John has been doing like fighting the the next contender in line. It's rare these days as we can see in in MMA for a guy to consistently keep fighting the number one contender. So I respect him a lot in that regard. And why not? Jan? Yeah, I mean, he had a first-round knockout over uh, Corey Anderson right in front of John Jones. Uh, he, there's nothing more he could have done in that regard. And John's team game, now he's talking about Francis Singano, so that, <laughs> that'll be interesting to see if that happens. But uh, I think John has just been lacking that real motivation because he went from that superheated rivalry with DC uh, and then these guys are, yeah, they're kind of talking back and forth with him a little bit, but they don't hold that name value maybe that he's looking for or, or pay-per-view buys or whatnot. But um, I think if he's going to go like the way he's been going, fighting the next guy in line, I think Thiago Santos and Dominic Reyes should fight, and I think John Jones should fight Jan Bahovich.
1: And where does that leave Glover? Is that uh, Glover should fight, um, like, who should he fight next? Kind of puts Glover but, in a weird spot where he's like forty years old. He's probably a fight away from a title, but two guys have had splits. Yawn's in a very good spot. Do you propel? Do you like? You're like Glover's forty. Give him a shot, or you're like uh, it doesn't deserve it yet.
0: It's not about this. you not deserving. I just think John, like John, is in a position where maybe he can choose who he wants to yeah. fight. I mean, he's been kind of the king of the division for so long. Yeah, he's been stripped and whatnot, but um. I think for him, he'd be a little more motivated to fight Jan than Glover, even though Glover was super impressive. But he already fought him before and he already beat him. And it wasn't even one of those close controversial decisions. So if he's tentative to rematch Reyes, not because he's afraid or ducking him or anything like that, but from a motivational standpoint, if he's tentative to to rematch Santos and Reyes, who took him to the brink, I don't see him fighting Glover next. All
1: right. And then lastly, one non-MMA question. Why is Ronaldo better than Messi? (laughs)
0: I could go all day. I could go all day. No, but like, look, look, I think Messi, like, talent-wise, uh, I'd say he's better than Ronaldo. He's just like a little wizard. Like, I'm, I'll admit, like, I'm blown away every time I watch him. I watch every Barcelona game as well, yeah. so I like to keep an eye. Barcelona, Atletico probably watch all their games as well as Real. But back in the day when, when Ronaldo was with uh, Real Madrid, I just always like this killer instinct. Uh, you know, he gets criticized a lot for being overly passionate if, yeah if Real are up 4-0 and he gets really angry if he misses. And it's like, what difference does it make? But I like that passion. I can relate to that passion. So I've always uh, liked that killer instinct uh, that Ronaldo has. The the comebacks that he's made was it i trying to remember what team it was against, that German team. Um, not Dortmund. Um, no, no, not Dortmund. Uh, Wolfsburg or something, when when they were down uh, 2-0 and they ended up winning, he had that hat trick. Like, just that killer instinct, Like that will to win, like never say die attitude kind of reminds me of Kind of like Michael Jordan stuff like that, you know, late great Kobe Bryant stuff. That attitude, that killer attitude, so I've always like resonated with uh, with Cristiano. So that, that's what I can say.
1: Yeah, my uh, my brother plays for FC Basel, and he watches videos nonstop. And we're like watch Ronaldo. Like we're all diehard Messi fans, but Messi's you know it's not all natural. You're not gonna be able to just become Messi. Where you can work hard enough, you can learn Ronaldo's work ethic you can learn from ronaldo a lot easier than it is to learn from messi um with messi like i'm sure he's worked like no doubt about it uh but the work ethic ronaldo has i think stands about kind of like a kobe Bryant type thing where you know there's no cheat meals there's no days off it's and uh i i admire ronaldo but i'm a barca fan so i have to root for messi <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, it's like that. Uh, that's the thing. Like I respect Messi. Like I'll, I'll obviously I get angry at him sometimes when he was waving that Barcelona shirt. I was not happy at all. So I'll get my moments where um like I hate Messi in the moment, but like I definitely respect him. He's he's a legend for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you for the time. I've I've been a fan of, of your page for a little while now, so I appreciate you taking the time to to jump on and talk to me for for twenty minutes. And I wish you all the best with MMA Junkie, and uh, I'll keep uh, keep an eye out for your stuff.
0: All right, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me.
1: All right, all the best.
0: You too.